Hello and welcome to Comedy in a Nutshell, a podcast with me, Mark Decano, in which I try to befuddle the Oxford English Dictionary with alternative definitions of the word comedy by asking those in the know what comedy means to them, and maybe come up with a more up-to-date definition of the word comedy, but probably not. My guest this episode took her first steps in comedy in 2018, and in 2020, as comedy ground to a halt, she took to Instagram and kept the comedy going. In 2021, she was a semi-finalist in British Comedian of the Year. This year, she brings her new solo show to the Edinburgh Free Fringe. It's stand-up comedian Lorraine Hoodless. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, really well. How was your preview? Uh, interesting and exactly what I needed which was a kick oh, up yeah. the arse. <laughs> wow, really? Okay. Um, well, no, it wasn't awful. Like, you know, it wasn't awful. I got some big old laughs. That was good. So I do want to work on my links, go deeper, mm-hmm. uh, funnel deeper in some subjects and things like that. So really good. But, you know, that way where it's like time is a chicken and I'm like, you know, full-time job still. So, like, you know... Yeah. How much pressure do I want to put myself before, or do I treat it more like a, more like an evolution when I get up there? So we'll see. Yeah, I've got yeah. another two previews to do, um. So okay. you never yeah. know. Even if it's just a couple of pals, it'll be fine. Again, it's a run through. It's a test of my memory, um. Yeah. And you know they'll laugh or they'll not laugh, and that's exactly yeah. what you want, right? So. <laughs> know it's all learning it's all learning so yeah it was it was good it was good but um yeah I got what I needed out of it but you know I didn't run through it for the first time and go oh my god I'm a genius (laughs) so you're performing this Edinburgh as part of the PBH Free Fringe um, which is a great forum for new and upcoming acts I like to support the PBH Free Fringe if I can Thank you. I appreciate that a lot. So, um, yeah, it is. It's difficult because there's a lot of people out there kind of just shouting the same things, really. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true enough. I like, I say, I like to support the free fringe. I think I find that sometimes um, a lot of the free shows are better than the, some of the higher ticketed shows. And I don't know why that can be, except for mm-hmm. the fact that maybe you kind of work harder because the money comes at the end and not up front. Do you think that's true? Um, I'm not sure. I think that's a nice theory. But I think when you, there's lots of reasons that it could be. It could be because when you go up, you use, uh, some people go up and they start with PBH. Yeah. And then they might move on to a ticket, ticketed one, right? So when you're starting, if, if, for example, my journey has been, I did a half hour with PBH, yeah. then I did an online show during lockdown. And then 45 minutes with PBH. Mm-hmm. And then I'll go on to do my hour either next year or the year after, perhaps. But I'll see. I'll see how it go. So I guess when you do your first kind of longer run, it's usually just like a smash of everything that you've got, right? Yeah. Um, so you kind of got whenever you want to do a debut, you've kind of got however many years that have preceded you yes. to draw from before your debut whereas the ones that are doing shows every year that are an hour's worth mm-hmm. are having to come up with that in one year time frame right yeah but I guess that's only an argument for why 
a ticketed show that is not a debut mm-hmm. and is maybe like a second difficult second album <laughs> might be more difficult, you know, but um or third album or or what have you. But mm-hmm. but yeah, I maybe it harks back to what we were talking about earlier when we talk about getting a bargain. When you pay the tenner for a show and it's all right, versus you pay nothing for a show and you check in a few coins, <laughs> delighted. <laughs> like pure delighted. But um but yeah, so maybe there is something around value mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah. That people play from having bought a ticket versus um, turning up for free and paying what you want, paying what you can, which is very much the free fringe, uh, PBH free fringe ethos, yeah. um, which very much appeals to me in terms of uh, access to arts, access to um, access to performance um, for all different uh, all different walks of life. So so yeah yeah. That was a real long answer, Mark. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's great. The, the the fuller the answer, the better. If we're going to sit here and do yes, no, it'll be done in 10 minutes. It'll be pointless. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed, yeah. So you mentioned there your previous shows. So you talked about mm-hmm. your split bill in 2019. So that was basically your, yeah. uh, was that your biggest first foray? Because that's about how long have you been in comedy now? Since 2018, is that right? Oh, so four years ago, so I had my little anniversary there yeah. of my first ever comedy stand-up show, mm. um, and uh, you know it pops up on on Facebook and stuff, and it was just like you know it, PTSD. It took me right back <laughs> to that, you know. Um, but yeah, no, it was good. Um, so four years, I think I probably went to the fringe early, mm-hmm. um, and did half hour split bill, but. For me, it was kind of like, do you know what? I might die tomorrow. It's like a lifelong dream of mine to go to the Fringe and perform because it's like being on my doorstep um, when I lived in, in Scotland and always just looked on like that. Oh, oh, I like to do that. I like to perform. Don't know how you do it, though. So it, it was always an outsider looking in. So I just thought, why the hell not? I don't know how long this ride's going to last. I'm just going to throw myself into it and see what happens. Yeah. And it was experience. It was full on. It was learning. It was um, it was just an education and education. I came out stronger. I came out more confident. I came out uh, with the respect of my family still intact, <laughs> which is, you know, that's quite a big thing when you're starting a, a, a comedic journey, let's say, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still work full time, don't you? You're in, tra- you're in a big pharma training, is that right? Uh, yes, I am. I work yeah. for um, a very famous pharmaceutical company that you may have heard of. Yes. Uh, we shall not speak its name. <laughs> we better not. We better not. But um, yeah, let's just say I've been busy over the last wee while. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm a training manager, which um, essentially means that I train people on uh, interpersonal effectiveness. I train people on uh, scientific um, scientific stuff as well. Yeah. Um, so it is a really good kind of a really good kind of starting point for getting into comedy because I facilitate a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say facilitate um, crowd control or heckler 
um, is, you know, all those skills are massively transferable, mm-hmm. uh, marketing yourself, things like that. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's a huge amount of huge amount of overlap and skill set. Um, but I've always had performance. I've always wanted to be a performer. And that's why I ended up in a kind of teaching role. And that's why I've ended up bouncing back to pure performance in my 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 uh, uh, my alter ego life I don't know my <laughs> real life real life instead of work life yeah uh, definitely working to live put it that way but yeah so where does that the right way right now. yeah exactly where does that <laughs> uh, so where does that passion for comedy originate then did, was it, how did that suddenly stand uh, like a, at the front of your mind do you know, like speaking to somebody whose uh, moniker is uh, the comedy nerd, you're going to absolutely bloody hate this. This is <laughs> this is terrible. But I'm not. I'm not a comedy nerd. Like I love laughing. I love performance. And um, uh, yeah, I, I just love. I just I love that. Yeah, I love to be entertained and entertain people. And like from a young age, like. I used to be babysat with my granny, and by the time my mum would come and pick me up from work, I would have a little play ready for her. And poor mum, she'd just done like a 12-hour shift in the factory or something like that, and she'd have to sit and watch my shit show. But, you know, like, uh, you know, love runs deep. Um, But, uh, yeah, so, like, I do think that um, that was probably the starting point of it, so... Granny Graham has a lot to answer for. Um, God rest her soul. Um, but yeah, from there, um, I was always a bit of the cl- funny one in the group. I guess. I guess at school. Um, so yeah, I like to be quite quick-witted. I guess, and yeah. I don't know. I was always a bit of a social butterfly. So I really like lots of people, um, and I like to kind of, you know hang out with lots of different people and lots of different friends even though I had a core group of friends I liked loads of people and stuff so yeah yeah, I don't know maybe that's an answer (laughs) I'm not sure so did you was there anyone who influenced you more going forward that you sort of you saw someone on tv or you saw someone live and you saw that's that's the that's the thing that I want to do was there any specific person or any specific moment um more of a moment so uh Oh, like every every comic, every performer will have that, especially those that come to it a bit later in life. So, like, um, I started four years ago, so I started in my thirty ninth year, right? And mm-hmm. um, and like, oh, this is this is a horrible story. So, like, I, I'm going to preface it with my dad's fine, but he got prostate cancer, and it really knocked me for sex, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So I ended up like going through therapy and stuff like that. It was him that was sick, but like it really set me on a massive tailspin because I was head down, bum up, like absolutely doing like work, working, uh, not working to live, living to work. I was properly career minded and I'd just come out of a terrible relationship and um, this all happened and I was like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I on this planet? Like, you, it just gave me a right good kick up the arse. Yeah. So really, it was more of an internal thing. 
people that influence me um you talked about kenny godlam in there i love her stuff um uh there's so many amazing female comics and now that i'm thinking about them i can't remember one of them can i <laughs> you know like Sarah Baron, like um uh, oh, I love oh, her. Absolutely love her. Yeah, brilliant. Like um, uh, Josie Long. Um, oh, there's just so many. There's <laughs> so many. I can't even think. I'm just. I'm going to kick myself when I get off of this because I'll, I'll be like, oh my god, I should have said that person. <laughs> um, oh, Laura Lex. Laura Lex is an absolute runaway legend in my eyes. Anything that she's ever done, I've just been like. <laughs> yeah wow yeah really good really good um but yeah I, i'm not alone in thinking that right she's just awesome yeah awesome for sure, for sure. but yeah big fan girl <laughs> but that's um but, yeah. no that's great that's interesting because um i was having this conversation previously um uh, that it's interesting how now i go to a lot of shows a lot of shows yeah. so i've got about yeah. 50 something shows lined up for this for why week at the edinburgh fringe this year uh, Brilliant! Yeah, yours is one of them. Yeah, I want to see the finished <laughs> the finished article. I do like seeing work in progress, but I'll come back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I see a lot of comedy. What what interests me, and I go back and I look through what I've listed out, or I've seen that show, that show, that show. I now see probably more uh, women or you know um, gender fluid or what have you non yeah. non male. Yeah. Uh, not uh, it's yeah. not all me. It's not all you know, white, straight males. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's more often it isn't. And I thought, well, that's interesting because my sense of humour hasn't changed, but what's yeah. available to go and see has changed. How do you, would you agree with that? Do you see how has that changed and developed from, from what you've seen? I mean, I know your, your comedy from the experience from within is four years, but mm -hmm. you've seen comedy from without as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like, if you are not within the kind of comedy community and the comedy performance community, the main exposure that you would have to comedy, other than going to a show, is going to be Live at the Apollo, a special on Netflix. It's going to be um, like uh, Jonathan Ross's stand-up show. It's going to be... Um, the, the crazy cool um, sketch show uh, that's on ITV. Um, it's going to be those kind of things that you come to. Sadly, BBC Three is not uh, not getting the funding. It's changing. So I think it's coming back, but I'm not sure what's happening there. Or indeed, it could be via the radio. So there's very, very kind of, you know, entranced, entranced. How do you say that? Blah. Entrenched? Entrenched. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Entrenched. <laughs> Um, I'll put it down to the heat. It's a hot day. <laughs> Entrenched kind of roots that we would get comedy, other than like going to a comedy club or um, going to your bowling club that has a comedy night on. You know what I mean? Which yeah. you might do once the blue moon, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, there is more variety. There is a lot more LGBTQ plus um, uh, representation as well as. Um, as well as female identifying performers um, and everything, everything. Is that represented right the way up and down the comedy tree? Is that represented in every town and city on every bill? Absolutely not. So, um, and should it be is the question. 
So a big question is always, is it a meritocracy? Uh, is it a meritocracy, truly a meritocracy? <laughs> or um, or, um, uh, or um, kind of minority groups or um, uh, minority groups, and I mean that across um, LGBTQ+, um, mm-hmm. uh, different kind of uh, races or cultures, are they represented uh, across the board? I don't I don't think it is in every instance, right? Mm-hmm. Should it be? It should be a meritocracy. Yeah. But you know and I know that this is a mates rates game, right? So I turn up to I turn up to gigs and it's who you know. It's not necessarily all the time what what you know and how good you are on your feet, right? Mm. And like there's a like I've just moved to um, near Liverpool, New Brighton, and there's a a new night that's just been set up, and it's um it's for a female and non-binary um female identifying um and non-binary um people. Yep. And the person that's organised it has got a whole ton of shit for it for being non-inclusive, and it's like back the heck off, like wow. just. It's a themed night, right? If you wanted to run a Star Wars night, you fill your goddamn boots, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean that Marvel gets to complain, right? <laughs> it's just like, fuck her off! Like, you know what I mean? Like, every other bill is, like, very cock-heavy. Like, leave it. <laughs> leave it alone. Like, you know what I mean? There's plenty of spaces to play in this. And do you know what's really interesting? That woman, well, she put down her deposit and she uh, took that risk and it paid off. That room was packed to the rafters and she's now got a spot, a regular spot, occurring at the Everyman Theatre because, do you know what? Uh, promoters saw that. Mm. After one night, she filled that room to standing room only and she's been picked up by an, an exceptionally well thought of and well run established theatre with funding, with backing. Hmm. People want this. People want the diversity. Yeah. You know, uh, they want to see different opinions. They want to see different views. And and for me, comedy is about connection. It's about connection. And if you want to connect always with the same person the same person as you with the same outlook mm. great fill your boots if you want to expand your horizons and fill your brain with other perspectives and keep your keep your brain plastic plasticity high <laughs> then experience different people's opinions people's um people's experiences like that's the best bit about comedy for me like going on the se- going on this scene and learning about different different people different cultures different um perspectives now i didn't expect to know a thousand ways to wank though like i just did not expect like <laughs> that is like nobody's talking about this is a taboo right <laughs> you're not an edgelord telling me how you're wanking it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable it just makes you look hack right talking about wanking is hack <laughs> I'm going to put it out there, right? Under no circumstances do I want to hear you about you uh, pumping your, I don't know, lazy chicken. I don't know what, what, 
I made that up. I don't think that's a phrase. But like, oh, it should be. I, it's going to catch on, I think. Pumping your lazy chicken. Yeah, I think yeah, you might have made this, right you might have made the situation worse <laughs> by adding another joke to the. Pumping <laughs> uh, the lazy chicken. Oh yes, I am writing that down because <laughs> I think it does need to be a thing. Like anytime, yeah. Anybody, if anybody does do that, and I'm on a bill after them, I might go. Thanks for telling me about you pumping your lazy chicken. I might make it a thing. Yeah, let's do that. Well, let's do that. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. So, so I don't know. Um, well, <laughs> well, let me ask then, I mean, we've just had a, a moment in the mind of how a comedian interprets a conversation and puts it to work. So tell me, where, where do you start when you're putting a show together? Where do you, how do you uh, com, com, uh, get your ideas together on that, onto paper? How do you form a show? Well, so this is a really interesting question because I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I'm laughing manically. I'm laughing manically. Um, <laughs> Well, I think, uh, like like I said a bit earlier around, like, so this is my first solo. So when I first went up, did the half hour, it was like everything I had, threw it at the wall. Yeah. There was a loose theme. I got through it and I learned loads. This time around, um, I've done a bit more kind of personal stuff. Mm-hmm. My, my comedy has always been quite personal, but um, I've done a bit more around what's been happening in my life and there's been huge life changes so it is kind of noteworthy I guess yeah um I know everybody's been through the pandemic and stuff like that we all have that shared lived horror right um uh, but you know a little bit of navel uh gazing around actually how did I respond to that but actually I made some really big choices like moving out of London. Yeah. That's nuts. If you want to be a comedian, right? Um <laughs> yeah. I kept on telling myself I'm expanding my reach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but uh <laughs> probably um yeah, I'm not sure. But um mm. but yeah, like so I made some big life choices. So so there was there was there was that, right? Mm. And I think that's how I kind of based it. Um, and I have I have worked with a producer mm-hmm. who I have said, look, this is my arc, this is what I'm gonna do, um, and he said, well, it sounds it sounds good. Have you thought about this mm-hmm. uh, as a device? And I'm like, oh yes, I have that device. Yes, I'm gonna put it in there. Oh, have you thought about linking back? Yes, I'm gonna link it back to there. So basically, I had a bit of coaching. Uh-huh. Um, which does help and also I think if the feedback that I had from my partner was really really good really good quality as well mm-hmm. so I think doing it and letting people see it and having trusted sources see it yeah. that are comedians and non-comedians and who have a personal vested interest and who don't yeah. um, I think is super important so um, so yeah but I mean, you can start. You can start. You can start anywhere. I started from a point of a point of, I guess, a point of pain, but resolved pain. And um, yeah, what got me there and what's what's propelling me on. So that yeah, it was it's a moment. I guess. I guess. Yeah. And there's funny and everything. I think.
Talking about feedback, obviously the last two years have been very interesting um, in terms yeah. of getting feedback and getting a work in progress it's insane. So your show mm-hmm. um, that you I was going to say took to Edinburgh in 2021, but mm-hmm. online, uh, according, yeah. according to everyone else. So you, yeah. you spent a lot of time online with that, uh, trying things out. And, and I was happy to be part of that journey watching. Um, and it's um, what's interesting in that situation is when you're not in a room getting feedback from the audience live mm-hmm. as a group, it's, you're down to basically asking people, well, is that good? You're getting yeah. individual feedback. I mean, how, how difficult must that have been to get one-on-one? Um, what am I doing right or wrong? So, so during lockdown, I did a couple of things, right? So yes. when it happened, I took a, I was like, oh, my God, everybody's doing stuff online. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, my life is crashing around me. Like, everybody else was, what am I doing? Um, what am I going to do? How am I going to outlet all of this, like, creative energy and yeah. and stuff like that? But it took a couple of, it was a couple of weeks before I kind of stumbled across what I kind of wanted to do. And that was reinvigorate my love for cocktails yeah yep um and also try and keep the momentum of writing keep me honest Mm. with writing about stuff right so i i signed up to gronya mcguire's uh course throughout lockdown as well which is a brilliant course yeah really good for writing um uh, techniques and things like that really amazing i can't uh, recommend it highly enough um, for experienced or not experienced, it doesn't matter. If you've not been exposed to some of these techniques, then, you know, mm. I don't think I knew what I was doing before, if you know <laughs> what I mean. I can now put a name to a kind of joke, whereas right. I was just like, oh, you know. <laughs> it was, it was okay. I don't know. I don't know. But, um, yeah, so I did the I, – I put this kind of love of cocktails, love of comedy together, and I did uh, the wrong medium – Okay, I realise that now, but I did Instagram Live, yep. right? So, um, crazy medium. I don't know what. TikTok was around. I should have gone down that route because I know people that are international superstars now. <laughs> and it did like TikTok. But I had fun and I don't care. So, um, I would go online for half an hour on a Friday. And it turned out, like, some of the times it was an hour. Other times it was, like, party all night, basically. It was just nuts. Um, and I would I would have a prepared cocktail. I would show you how to make it. I'd have a few and get a little bit tipsy. I'd yep. chat shit about the week um, and some pre-prepared jokes that I'd, I'd written around it. But I'd basically be just like communicating to the camera. Yeah. And then and then also I started having some guests on as well, which was super fun. And I really liked that. And it was just like folks that were interested in the show, folks that kept on coming back. Um, who became characters in themselves within the show. So um, it was pretty special in terms of keeping me active in writing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can mix a cocktail, mate. I can... <laughs> oh. so we just had a kitchen done and I put a bar in there. So, like, I am all about the mixology. So, yes. So <laughs> that was brilliant. So when I was doing that, I was getting feedback only through the comments yeah and if somebody wanted to come in and have a chat but I was getting like suggestions of cocktails I was doing like polls so people were interacting a little bit 
And like, so when you were just talking, you would get little love hearts or smiles or whatever it was. So you're not getting the instant laughter. But what it did massively show me Mm -hmm. was that nothing matters. Absolutely nothing matters. Like you can stand up in front of an audience and you can talk, you can make them laugh, you cannot make them laugh. You can upset them. It doesn't really matter. Like when it comes to comedy and standing up, it's not paying my bills right now. I'd love it too. <laughs> but um, it's fun. It's playtime right now. This is the time that I get to play. This is the time I get to be an infant comic and learn and play. So it's not time to go to high school. I'm not doing my SATs. I'm not doing anything like that. I'm just having fun. Play school. This is in the sandpit, in the war, you know? So that's But yeah. Um, so getting feedback mm-hmm. is tough online. Yeah. When I did the shows for PBH Fringe Online for the Edinburgh Fringe Festival last year, yeah. I did 16 of them. Um, I got people to vote on topics that I sh- they wanted me to write about. Mm-hmm. So I did that over the space of, um, I think it was 15 days, 15 topics. People had to choose. They got to send me in whatever topics they want beforehand. And each day I would have two that people could vote on. And that day I would just write, write whatever. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the week, I would collate it all together and I would just run through some shit that I'd done. Um, so I've got some feedback doing that live online. Yeah. And then I formed that into a show, which I did for 16 nights at the Edinburgh Fringe via Zoom. Yes. Now, that one was partially live, but I decided not to bother my butt. I just thought I'm going to lean into the Zoom thing. It's new skills. It's exciting. I can take the holiday back. I can do it at nine o'clock every night. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it just makes sense to me. Um, I'm just going to do that. And I loved it. I loved it. I had some people who dialed in uh, who were in a hot tub. <laughs> I mean, filthy animals, but it was hilarious. Like, they were sat there and they had, like, uh, what do you call it, Prosecco in their hand. It was like, oh, hi, enjoying yourself, are we? Like, what have you got me on? Like, is it like, you know, are they rich? Do they want to be my patrons? Like, <laughs> I, just, I didn't understand it. Luckily... We didn't see any nudie bits, so that's good. I hope they had some stuff on. I didn't check. I didn't go too far down that rabbit hole. I had stuff to tell them. But it was weird. It was weird. But it was funny. Um, but, yeah, so I got a consistent audience. Like, people, yeah. I think, you know, kind of similar numbers to what you would get on a quiet, out-of-the-way Edinburgh yeah. venue. Yeah. yeah. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad. But, yeah. And I got the the best ones mm-hmm. were those that kept their the best shows that I did online were the ones that I made people keep on their cameras and keep on their um their microphones. Yeah. And they got more out of it when they did that. Yeah. And I got more out of it when they did that. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because you feed off the audience. Don't you? Yeah. God I can talk. Funny mate. Lo- lo- loving it. Loving it. <laughs> um so tell me then now that since since uh, venues all open back up and you've had the opportunity to go out and do spots um, mm-hmm. in front of a proper audience, building up for this fringe, 
Uh, I say proper, mm-hmm. I say proper audience. Of course, Zoom audiences are proper, but you know what I mean. Oh, in the room. The people in the hot tub were a little <laughs> bit improper, but you know, that's fine. That's okay. But yeah. So, <laughs> um, was there anything from that that uh, you you realised you found yourself new lessons, new uh, even philosophies that you formed out about you know, performing live that perhaps um, have changed since uh, uh, since the pandemic? Do you think? I felt that weirdly, hmm. after like a couple of gigs, I felt that I was already a better performer. Okay. Um, and I know a lot of people were like, right, not doing anything. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe they were writing or they were doing something creative, but they were doing something different. Um, but I think what I think what I ended up doing gave me a lot of experience, hmm. and it gave me enough confidence that when I went back in I think I was a better comedian when I went back into the um into live performance um yeah so yeah um I mean you know like I don't know like I love I love performing being on stage is like it's like do you know how there's a load of like uh wellness and you know like uh, resilient stuff and you know meditate and you know like being like properly present and mm-hmm. how being present can be the most freeing experience yeah. that's what it feels like when you're on stage and you're crushing it like and it doesn't happen all the time right but um when you are rolling when your connection is just like super wi-fi broadband like you know super um that is that is the most alive feeling like like nobody else start comedy because i've got enough competition but uh, (laughs) it is it is the most amazing free feeling that is that's the bit that's addictive it's addictive and i know when i've had a good gig and when i've had a bad gig when I've had a good gig, physically, when I've had a good gig, I come off and I get a flushed cheek, mm. right? When I have a shit gig, my heart rate's not even elevated. It's just a physical reaction, right? Mm-hmm. To that being in the moment and being present and connected. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. I love comedy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, might know it. So tell me, then, tell me about your show this year, Bumpy. What's that yes. all about? How did that come? How did that come about? Well, so like I was doing that kind of thing that people do, <laughs> which is right. I've had a uh, like I've had a, a show that was called actually Totes Amaze. Maybe I should go for an A again, <laughs> uh, or maybe I should go for a B just to have a little bit of a fun in joke with myself, uh, but. I don't know, like I landed on the title Bumpy, uh, basically because of a couple of reasons. Mm-hmm. So some of it I talk about, some of it I hark back to some of the stuff that I talked to in According to Everyone Else, yep. which was um, around um, my relationship with food, yeah, um, and like, uh, yeah, like 
going up and down in size, bumpy, you know, bumpy, curvy, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. The bumpy ride we've all had kind of thing. Um, and without giving too much away, um, we have, my partner and I have been um, uh, looking into IVF. Um, so we've gone partway down that journey. So some of that mm-hmm. is relevant to the bumpy piece also um so yeah it's uh it kind of all ties in um so yeah what is it about it's about it's about life as a 43 year old trying to get prego with the love of your life there you go um when your your uh your ovaries are all fisty <laughs> but yeah Buying a big house, doing it up. That's that's it. Outside of London. Um so yeah, like just stuff. Stuff that I've been through yeah. that you might want to know and it's probably presented I'd say my style is probably a little bit gossipy, but gossip is all about me, if you know what I mean. I think that's probably <laughs> my delivery. Yeah, oh let me tell you this. <laughs> um and it's all just my feelings, but yeah. Um so yeah, probably my like that, yeah, that's not, yeah. Thank you for making me think about my blurb because that will probably be um, <laughs> <laughs> my flyering. Uh, yeah, my flyering technique. But um, but yeah, I was going to ask yeah. you. I was going to ask you actually about um, your stage persona. I think you've already answered the question because it's, it's the, <laughs> the, it, um, how much does it reflect you yourself and your own style, or how much of a character are you more? Do you think have you? Do you say you've answered that or do you have more to add? Well, it is it is it is a weird thing. So like uh, there is a lot of talk about year three or four, and that's kind of where I'm at, that you kind of find your persona, as it were, or your um your shtick, like how you you know, what your kind of comedic voice is, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of chat about that around this time in terms of years. Um and I did a bit of soul searching around that during the pandemic and I'm like well what am I because they say that your persona is basically you with the volume turned up right Mm -hmm. and I'm like well who am I who am I (laughs) who is Lauren who am I Uh, I'm an asshole Um, (laughs) love that David Leary track like I actually bought that on single do you know the one yeah 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 asshole it's a great little day um yeah so like we're all a bit of an asshole really aren't we right especially to other people but I guess like part I think what I know to be true of myself is I am an angry little Scottish person um who's quite quick-witted um and that can provide some humor (laughs) in itself and sometimes like things will happen and like look I teach I teach emotional intelligence right yeah which is mad right because I'm emotionally aware but sometimes my emotions happen before I can think so (laughs) (laughs) it's hard it's hard um but yeah so I'm a very emotional person and and I do lead with my heart, fully lead with my heart rather than my head sometimes. Um, 
So yeah, I don't know. Does that answer the question? I think so. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask, where is your show, Bumpy? Where is it on? Where? What time? When can we come and see it? It is on all of the um, all of the festival, which runs throughout August. Yep. It's at three fifteen in the afternoon. Yep. And it's at the South Cider, which is a lovely, lovely pub and venue. Yeah. So definitely a good, a good venue to come um, and come and see. Yep. Um, I am delighted that it's at three fifteen. Do you know why? Tell me. Because I'm so tired all the time. <laughs> like I can be home and in bed in my jammies at six o'clock watching Netflix if I want to. I'm so happy, happy about that. Like um, three fifteen, and I can work in the morning remotely, so that's quite good. So I don't have to take as much. Um, as much time off and I suspect there'll be a lot of comedians now that are actually able to do that mm. so it, that's going to change the dynamic of the fr- uh, the fringe quite a bit I think yeah. Um, but yeah come and see me um, it's yeah. going to be fun I know I touch on some quite um, uh, quite uh, sensitive topics for some people um, but I tell it with heart and honesty and there's a whole lot of humor to be had in talking about these things and i don't know why we don't do it more yeah um and it's not it's not sad it's not a sad story it's um it's just the lived experiences of uh, yeah and um, of, of of the last few years but yeah Excellent. so that's it okay I'll, look, mm-hmm. I'll put links to the venue and um to your socials in the notes for the page Thank you. so mm-hmm. finally the rain hood list could you please summarize for me what does comedy mean to you in a nutshell comedy is comedy is it's just it's the most alive that i have that i ever feel ever it is the most it's just the mostest Most answer, the mostest. It's just the it's the it's the every fiber in your being is alive and awake and on, and it's it's the best. It's yeah, yeah. It's great. (laughs) That is just. I don't have the words. I kind of described that before, right? Like it's uh, comedy for me is what a. Mm. What meditation is to a Buddhist monk. There you go. Beautifully put. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure and privilege to talk to you today. And I'll thank you for agreeing to be on the show. Thank you, Mark. Lovely to meet you properly and have a chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs>